the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Unfortunately, sometimes it takes someone losing everything to get them to give up their sin once and for all. Sometimes it takes strong medicine for us to finally change. So much better, so much better to just repent early so we can avoid something much worse that God is going to have to use because of our stubbornness. Perhaps one of the most important reasons for us as believers to read both the Old and New Testament is the record of Israel's history. In fact, the Apostle Paul wrote in his letter to the Corinthians that such records are for our learning. In today's message, Pastor Dan reflects on the importance of repenting from sin as early as possible so as to avoid tragedy. In his study, you'll learn how Israel's refusal to repent from their sins led to God using the Babylonians to take them captive. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel chapter 23 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Verse 22. Therefore, Aholabah, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will stir up your lovers against you, from whom you have alienated yourself. I will bring them against you from every side. The Babylonians, all the Chaldeans, Pekod, Shoah, Koah, All the Assyrians with them, all of them, desirable young men, governors and rulers, captains and men of renown, all of them riding on horses. And they shall come against you with chariots, with wagons and war horses. I mean, this is the most sophisticated weaponry of the day. With a horde of people, they shall array against you, buckler, shield and helmet all around, surround the city. I will delegate judgment to them and they shall judge you according to their judgments. God God uses nations to judge other nations. I will set my jealousy against you and they shall deal furiously with you. Look what it says in verse 25. They shall remove your nose and your ears. And your remnant shall fall by the sword. They shall take your sons and your daughters and your remnant shall be devoured by fire. This is speaking of the attack of the Babylonians against Jerusalem. They surrounded the city. They ultimately burned the city to the ground. It says in verse 25, they shall remove your nose and your ears. The Babylonians punished 
adulterers by cutting off their nose and their ears. It's quite a fitting punishment for Jerusalem and Judah to be punished as adulterers. They've been unfaithful to God. Verse 26, they shall also strip you of your clothes and take away your beautiful jewelry. Thus, I will make you cease your lewdness and your harlotry brought from the land of Egypt so that you will not lift your eyes. to You won't even look their direction nor remember Egypt anymore. The thing that Judah lusted for will turn against her and destroy her, just like what happened with the northern kingdom. Again, our sin will turn against us eventually and lead to our destruction. That's why we want to walk in the light with God. You know, we want to keep our, keep our accounts short with God. You know, it says if we confess our sins that God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. And as we walk in the light, the blood of Jesus Christ continually cleanses us of our sins. We don't, we don't want to go long with those sins and allow them in our lives for a long time. The Babylonians, they will invade the land of Judah. They will destroy Jerusalem and all the cities of Judah. They will carry the people away as, as slaves. Again, as I said in verse 25, they're going to cut off their, their noses and their ears which is what the Babylonians did. But he says here in verse 27, all of this will make Judah cease her lewdness and her harlotry. It's going to take the Babylonian captivity to get them to finally forsake their idolatry, to forsake their sin. It's going to take some strong medicine to cure them of their Sin. But that strong medicine is going to work. They, they will no longer go after other gods. It says they will not even lift their eyes to them. They're not even going to look or consider other gods. And, you know, unfortunately, sometimes it takes someone losing everything to get them to give up their sin once and for all. Sometimes it takes strong medicine for us to finally change. So much better. So much better to just repent early so we can avoid something much worse that God is going to have to use because of our stubbornness and because we can be so stiff-necked and refuse to turn. This is what it's going to take for Judah. It's going to take the captivity. Verse 28 says, For thus says the Lord God, surely I will deliver you into the hand of those you hate, into the hand of those from whom you alienated yourself. Isn't that interesting how they they lusted after them, but once they had them, they hated them. And they didn't want to be connected with them anymore. Again, that's how sin works. It's, It's pleasurable for a season. And then you get to the point where you're sick of it and you hate it. Right? Again, you know people... Quite often, especially if you know somebody that is dealing with an addiction, they don't enjoy it anymore. They hate it. They want to be free from it. They're in bondage to it, and they can't get themselves free. It takes the power of the cross to get them free and set them free. That's what happens with our sin. Verse 29, they will deal hatefully with you. They'll take away all you have worked for. 
You're going to lose everything, all that you've worked for, and leave you naked and bare. The nakedness of your harlotry shall be uncovered, both your lewdness and your harlotry. I will do these things to you because you have gone as a harlot after the Gentiles, because you have become defiled by their idols. You have walked in the way of your sister. Therefore, I will put her cup into your hand. Thus says the Lord God, you shall drink of your sister's cup, the deep and wide one. You shall be laughed to scorn and held in derision. It contains much. There's a lot to drink. You will be filled with drunkenness and sorrow. It's the cup of horror. It's the cup of desolation. It's the cup of your sister Samaria. You shall drink and drain it. You're going to drink it to the bottom. You shall break its shards and tear at your own breasts, for I have spoken, says the Lord God. Judah will experience the cup of God's judgment that the northern kingdoms drank in 722 B.C. And they're going to drink that cup of judgment. Often in the scriptures, you know, drinking the cup is symbolic of receiving God's judgment, receiving God's wrath. We see this all throughout the scriptures. Isaiah 51 verse 17, for example. Awake, awake, stand up, O Jerusalem. You have drunk at the hand of the Lord the cup of his fury. You have drunk the dregs of the cup of trembling and drained it out. Jeremiah 25 verse 15. For thus says the Lord God of Israel to me, take this wine cup of fury from my hand. Cause all the nations to whom I send you to drink it and they will drink and stagger and go mad because of the sword that I will send among them. So again, this cup, it's symbolic of God's wrath. It's symbolic of God's fury. And the most important cup in the Bible is the cup that Jesus drank when he was on the cross. You remember the night of his arrest as Jesus is in Gethsemane and he's praying. Jesus prayed, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. If it's possible, let this cup pass from me. And it wasn't possible. Jesus on the cross drank the cup of God's wrath and God's fury against our sin for us. He drank it all. He took all the punishment. He he drank it to the dregs, to the bottom, taking it all in, all of God's judgment in our place. So now, because Jesus drank the cup of God's wrath, we don't have to drink the cup of God's wrath. Instead, the cup that we get to drink is the cup of communion. 1 Corinthians 10, 16 says that that cup of communion is the cup of blessing. Not We don't have to drink the cup of horror, the cup of desolation, the cup of sorrow over our sin. We get to drink the cup of blessing. Jesus drank the cup of God's wrath for us, so now we get the cup of God's blessing. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, verse 35, look what it says, because you have forgotten me 
and cast me behind your back. Therefore, you shall bear the penalty of your lewdness and your harlotry. This, this was Judah's sin. They had cast God behind their back. We, we would say they tossed him over their shoulder. Their husband. Just cast him aside. And they forgot about him. Now when, it's, when God says, you have forgotten me, that doesn't mean they, they, they forgot God existed. That's not what it means when you read that in the Bible. Like, you know, like, like the knowledge of God has slipped their minds. Like, oh yeah, that's right. There is a creator of the universe. It, it, mean, it means they chose to just ignore God. They chose to ignore God. Romans 1 describes those who refuse to acknowledge God any longer. It's a choice that people make where, where they choose to no longer acknowledge God. They choose to live as if there is no God, as, there, as if there is no consequence for sin, as if there is no judgment to come. And there are many people, in fact, most people live that way. They've forgotten God. Living as if there's no God, there's no consequence for sin, there's no judgment to come. Most people live that way. Jesus said, broad is the road that leads to destruction, and there are many that are on it. Narrow is the road that leads to eternal life, and there are few that find it. This was Judah's sin. They just cast God aside. Now they bear the consequences for their sin. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer requests with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Verse 36, the Lord also said to me, son of man, will you judge Oholah and Aholabah? Then declare to them their abominations. Tell them what they've done. For they have committed adultery and blood is on their hands. They have committed adultery with their idols and even sacrificed their sons. Look what it says. Whom they bore to me, passing them through the fire, To devour them, they sacrificed their children to the god Molech, literally burning their their babies in in a fire. Notice God says they sacrificed their sons whom they bore to me. They they belong to God. You know, all, all children belong to God. Every child belongs to God. And as parents, we're just stewards of God's children that he's entrusted into our care to raise them in the ways of the Lord. But children belong to the Lord. They're His children. Psalm 127 says, Children are a gift from God. They're a reward from Him. All children, planned and unplanned. They're all God's reward and God's gift. The people of Judah, they took these children that belonged to God, that were a gift from Him, and they sacrificed their children. They killed their children 
in their worship of these other gods. And look at how God words this here. God says they even sacrificed their sons whom they bore to me, passing them through the fire to devour them. There's a tone of disbelief. They even sacrificed their sons that belonged to me. This sin in particular, God brings it up a lot in the Old Testament when he talks about the judgment of Israel. They sacrifice their sons, their children, to the god Molech. Verse 38. Moreover, they have done this to me. They have defiled my sanctuary. Look what it says. On the same day and profaned my Sabbaths. For after they have slain their children for their idols, on the same day they came into my sanctuary to profane it. And indeed, thus they have done in the midst of my house. They they would offer their newborn children to Molech, and then on the very same day they'd go to the temple to worship God, to worship Yahweh. Jesus talks about how in the last days the, the, the love of many will wax cold. Right? And this is how cold people had become in Jerusalem and Judah, where sacrificing your children had become so common in the nation that there, you know, there's no sense of guilt or shame or anything like that, no conviction about it. There's no fear of the Lord anymore in the nation. They could go make a sacrifice to Molech and sacrifice their children on their way up to the temple. And never miss a beat. I mean, that, that's how cold and unloving the society had become just before God's judgment came upon that nation. Verse 40. Furthermore, you sent for men to come from afar to whom a messenger was sent. And there they came and you washed yourself for them. You painted your eyes You adorned yourselves with ornaments. You sat on a stately couch with a table prepared before it on which you had set my incense. Notice my incense and my oil. This is a husband who's had an unfaithful wife talking. Use my incense and my oil. The sound of a carefree multitude was with her. The the Sabians were brought from the wilderness with men of the common sort who put bracelets on their wrists and beautiful crowns on their heads. And then I said concerning her who had grown old in adulteries, will they commit harlotry with her now? And she with them? Yet they went into her, as men go into a woman who plays the harlot. Thus they went into Ahola and Aholabah, the lewd women. He, he talks about here how they... You know, they happily played the harlot here. They prepared themselves for their unfaithfulness to the Lord. You know, they they put on their makeup and their clothes and all of it. To commit harlotry, spiritual adultery. They, they, They worship their idols in these comfortable surroundings with couches and the jewelry and all, all of it. It was a big deal. It was a, they, put, they invested a lot of time and energy and effort into worshiping these other gods. And they, and they didn't do that for Yahweh. Notice what the Lord says in verse 43. I found this kind of 
amusing, I guess, in one, one way. He says in verse 43, she's grown old in her adulteries. Will they commit harlotry with, with her now? Now that she's old? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's like, you know, she, she's lost her beauty. She's lost her appeal because of her adultery. She's, she's old and, and unattractive. Certainly no one is going to want to... But they do. Like, there's no standards here at all. There's no standards. God says, you know, who, who would want to commit adultery with her, with her now? Now, they, you know, at the same time, I think about, and you've seen this, where uh, you, you've seen how sin ages people, doesn't it? And sometimes you, you see someone and you can just tell just by their physical appearance that, that they have made choices for their life that has been physically hard on them. Their sin has been physically hard on them. And God says here, certainly now, nobody, but they do. Verse 45, but, but righteous men, look what he says here, but righteous men will judge them after the manner of adulteresses and after the manner of women who shed blood because they are adulteresses and blood is on their hands because they've sacrificed their children. So blood is on their hands. It, but he, here he talks about the righteous men who will, who will judge them. It seems that the righteous men who will judge Jerusalem and Judah are the Babylonians. God calls them righteous here. Elsewhere, he refers to King Nebuchadnezzar as my servant. Right? This pagan king. And here he refers to the Babylonians as, as righteous because they're going to carry out God's judgments. God can even use a non-believer to fulfill his will. For thus says the Lord God, bring up an assembly against them, give them up to trouble to, and plunder. The assembly shall stone them with stones and execute them with their swords. They shall slay their sons and their daughters and burn their houses with fire. This is exactly what the Babylonians did to Jerusalem, they knocked down the city, they burned it to the ground, they killed the people in the city, they carried away some as slaves. Verse 48, thus I will cause lewdness to cease from the land that all women may be taught not to practice your lewdness. This is what it's going to take to bring a idolatry to an end in the nation. Boy, you look at some of the things going on in our nation. I don't know about you, but I find myself, what's it going to take? What's it going to take to get us to repent? You know, what's, what's it going to take to get our nation to turn back to God? Verse 49, they shall repay you for your lewdness and you shall pay for your idolatrous sins. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. That's the ultimate purpose of all of this. God wants them to know that He is the Lord. Not a very upbeat chapter, is it? <laughs> well, it is what it is. He asked me how I know, and I say it 
Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan as we study verse by verse through the book of Ezekiel. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 through 27, the Lord says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and be careful to obey my rules. No matter how far away you stray from God, He never gives up on you. He always offers restoration and hope, even after you might reject it. What a gift and what love. If you'd like to hear this message again or more from Pastor Dan, we encourage you to visit our website, calvaryec.com. We also encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with Jesus. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Each week, we gather together at 10 a.m. on Sunday to worship our Savior and study God's Word. And we'd be honored to share that time with you. Check out calvaryec.com to find directions and to learn more about the church behind this ministry. Again, that was Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. We're so glad you joined us today, and we pray this message has been a blessing and encouraged you in your faith. Pastor Dan will have much more to share from the book of Ezekiel when you tune in again, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice, and it only takes It's true.